Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Amazed at what's taken place over the last week as I've dug back and we've done some stuff with our team and especially in our house to just reflect on the life of Jesus over the last week. And I wanted to do this service this morning, uh, not to do another service, but to help you reflect on and see the walk that Jesus took this week, give you some preparation for our communion service tonight, and then also give you some things to reflect on tomorrow. And so each of these topics we're going to hit today could be a sermon series. I could take six to eight months and preach and teach on all these And as I look away, uh, or I look back on these, what I'm blown away by is uh, the simplicity that Jesus taught with this last week here. And there's so much, there's so much that took place. There's so much prophecy that's fulfilled in a few of the things that I'm going to say today. And I just want to recognize how very simple it is, but how much we still struggle, we still struggle with it. And so if you have your Bible or you're taking notes, you can grab those out. I invite you to lean in. And engage. This is going to be less than 20 minutes this morning. And so before we do that, I want to pray. I want to pray a Lutheran Good Friday prayer today with you. It says this, Almighty and everlasting God, you willed that your son should bear for us the pains of the cross, that you might remove from us the power of, adv- of our adversary. Help us to remember and give thanks for our Lord's passion, that we may obtain remission of sin and redemption from everlasting death. Through the same our Lord Jesus Christ went through. Father, we love you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to reflect, to think back, and to look upon the life that you lived for us, the life of Jesus. Thank you so much for the gift of this life and for the walk that's going to take place later today, Lord. So we look back in history and see everything that he went through and all that he bore for us. I say thank you. This is a good Friday. I love you. Thank you for this moment. I just ask you, to help me get out of the way. Let your spirit speak. Let your people hear. Open our ears and our eyes this morning. Help our hearts to consume what you have for us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so the five points we're going to discuss today are the house of God is sacred. If you're taking notes, the gospel is for everyone. Give from your heart. My computer's working a little bit slow. Serve with humility. Then obviously the ultimate gift, which is what we're titling this service. And so uh, prefacing Monday, we're going to look back at Monday, one thing from each day essentially this week. And when you look back and you see uh, the house of God is sacred, you find this in Mark 11, 15 through 17. And before I read Mark 15 and 17 from chapter 11, what I want you to see is this Palm Sunday has just taken place. Uh, Jesus has made the two mile trek. He has stepped into his full authority. People have recognized him as king. And as he comes over the crest and he sees Jerusalem, he weeps over the city because he knows that they don't understand what's about to take place. And when he gets up Monday morning, the first thing that he does is, as he takes that two-mile trek from Bethany into Jerusalem, the first thing he does is he goes into the temple. And the first time that Jesus cleared the temple, it was at the onset of his ministry. He was just getting started. And he calls the temple my father's house. And this time, what I want you to see in Mark eleven fifteen through 17, he says, this is my house. This time, it's my house. There's ownership there. And he calls it a house of prayer. And so if you look with me at Mark chapter 11, 15 through 17, it says this. 
He came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple complex and began to throw out those buying and selling in the temple. He overturned the money changers' tables and the chairs of those selling doves and would not permit anyone to carry goods through the, te- through the temple complex. Then he began to teach them, it is, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer? Whoopsies. My house will be called a house of prayer. Apologize. Sticky fingers today, man. <laughs> Cold fingers. All this for the last line. House of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And when he says this, the, the, the chief priests and the scribes, they don't like it. Because the revenues are being threatened and so are the reputations. So there's money on the line and, and they're pretty upset about it. And what they don't understand is Jesus is just getting his house in order. He's just getting his house in order. The first thing he did was set the temple straight. And so the three questions I have for you to reflect on this morning on this first point, that the house of God is sacred is one, is your house in order? Is your house in order? Two, Identify where you are with the church. Is COVID a great excuse for you not to be in the church? Where are you with the church? And where are you in your prayer life? These are things you can think on the rest of the day and obviously tomorrow as we step into Easter Sunday. Tuesday, you see that one of the biggest points Jesus makes is the gospel is for everyone. This is the parable of the large banquet you find in Luke 14, 16 through 23. And we'll just go there right now. Luke 14, verses 16 through 23. And we'll pick up in verse 16. Then he told them, a man was giving a large banquet, invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, come because everything is now ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? They all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to go try them out. I ask you to excuse me. Another said, I just got married and therefore I'm unable to come. So the servant came back to the, and reported these things to his master. Then in anger, his master said, go out in the streets and the, and the alleys in the city and bring here the poor, the maimed, Bring everybody, bring them all. And the services master, we've done that. It's been done and there's still room. There's still room. Then the master told his servant, get out in the highways and the lanes and make them come in so that my house, so that my house may be filled. And what I want you to see here is the first time that the invite was, was out to those who, who the king or the master wanted to have at the house. It was not that they could not come. It was not that they couldn't come. It's that they would not come. They would not come. Everybody had an excuse. Everybody had an excuse. I think we've all had those excuses before. And what I want you to see is how tragic is this? How tragic? How indicative of our human nature to be offered the blessings of God and refuse them due to our draw to distraction, to being busy. So what we think is important. I love how the invitation 
goes out to everyone. I mean, we're going, this is anyone and everyone. Strangers, good, bad, poor, rich, ugly, pretty, doesn't matter. Fill the house. And what you see Jesus referring to here is the gospel is to be taken to the Gentiles. This isn't just for my people. This isn't just for the Jews. This is to be taken everywhere. This proves that the gospel message is available to everyone. The gospel message is not a denomination. It's not a religion. It's the truth. And it's for everyone who has ears to hear. That's why the word says, he who has ears. If they have ears, let them hear. Let them hear. Prepare your hearts to hear the gospel this weekend. Three questions to reflect on today from point two on the gospel being made for everyone is this. What excuses are keeping you from engaging with the gospel? Two, are you distracted? Forward slash too busy. Are you distracted from the gospel? And three, what excuse or distracts you or, or distraction keeps you from living and sharing the gospel? It's probably the most important one from, from point two. What excuse or distraction keeps you from living or sharing the gospel? We're going to go back, back to Mark 14 for the third point. The third, the third point and the third highlight is give from your heart. Give from your heart. This is the day that Jesus is anointed. This is also the day that Judas bargained to betray Jesus. It's called Spy Wednesday in Holy Week. And it typically overshadows um, what's taking place while Jesus is in Bethany. And as Jesus is anointed, you, you we're going to read in Mark 14, 3 and 9. <laughs> 3 through 9. This is what said, while he was in Bethany at the house of Simon, who had a serious skin disease, he was reclining at the table. A woman came in with alabaster jar of pure and expensive fragrant oil of nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head. But some were expressing indignation to one another. Why has this fragrant oil been wasted? For this oil might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they began to scold her. Verse 6, it says, Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? It's, I mean, it's hers. It's hers to do what she wants, right? She's done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you. And you can do what is good for them whenever you want, but you will not always have me with you. She has done what she could. She has anointed my head or my body in advance for burial. As I assure you, wherever the gospel, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, this what this woman has done will be remembered. And I want to remind you, this comes on the heels of Tuesday. Tuesday was a busy day. Jesus taught and taught and taught and taught on Tuesday. And one of the things he taught is about the woman with the uh, two mites, giving her two mites. And so this comes on the heels of that, as Jesus just observed this yesterday. And in that story, you see that he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also that a certain poor widow putting in two mites. And so he says, he recognizes, he says, hey, he says, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put more in than everyone, than all of you. For all of these, out of their abundance, have put in offerings for God, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all the livelihood she had. And what I want you to see is the guys that are complaining about wasting the oil on Wednesday are no different than those who are giving out of abundance on Tuesday. 
Jesus on Tuesday and on Wednesday puts both parties in their place by proving that giving from your heart will always get you farther than giving from your abundance. The one thing to see from these two instances is God is only ever after your heart. God's only after, after your heart, not your dollar. And so the two things that you can reflect on is this. Does God have your heart? Does God have your heart? The woman who anointed him with oil, he had her heart. The woman who gave the two mites, he had her heart. He didn't. They were only doing what they, what they knew to do. Does God have your heart? Second thing is, are you generous toward God? Are you generous toward Him? A message was preached from a couple of our guest speakers on March 21st, talking about the generosity we have towards God. If you missed that message, that'd be a great thing to go back and look up, especially as we move into Easter Sunday. And the reality is this, does God have your heart? Why? Because Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. God's only ever after your heart. Let's look at Thursday. Thursday is kind of the final day. This is yesterday. And the big point I want you to see is to serve, to serve with humility. These are some of the biggest things Jesus left us with. Typically, Thursday is called Monday Thursday, M-A-U-N-D-A-Y. Monday is, is Latin for mandate, which means command. And that command you're going to find in John 13, 34, and 35 and to paraphrase it, he says, therefore love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love each other. Because by doing this, people will know that you are my disciples. And just before the Passover meal, it's an extraordinary display of humility. So how do we get to the end of John there? It's John 13, 34, and 35. This is at the end of that chapter. Serve with humility. Well, how do we get to that point? I want to give you some context for that. And so... This is just right before the Passover meal, and Jesus, in this extraordinary display of humility, washes the feet of his disciples, and then he commands them to do the same for each other. We're going to pick this up in John 13, 4 through 9. John 14, 4 through 9, you'll see it here. So he got up from supper, laid aside his robe, took a towel, tied it around his, his waist or himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. And he used the towel that was around him to dry their feet off with. And he asked Simon Peter, or Simon said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered, what I'm doing, you do not understand right now. But afterward, you will know. You'll, you'll never wash my feet, ever, Peter says. And Jesus replied, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. So Simon responds, I love this response, one of the most powerful responses. Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Not also my feet, but also my hands and my head. He goes on to explain what this means. And in verse 14 and 15, he says, So if I, your Lord, the teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example. I've given you an example that you also should do as I have done for you. This really lays out the new commandment, which is love one another just as I have loved you. By this, all people know that you're my disciples for the love you have for each other. And what you see in this command is it raises the standard. It raises the standard on love. 
It raises the standard on love and it makes it even higher. John 13, 1, the start of this chapter, it says before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come. It was time to leave and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples well to this point during his ministry on earth, and he's going to love them to the very end. Jesus had nothing to gain from the disciples in this moment. Nothing. We see in Scripture there's nothing that, that attracted Jesus or that drew him to us, to his disciples, just sinners. In Romans 5, 8, we see he loves us even though we stink. He loves us even though our feet are dirty. He loves us even though we're sinners. And what Jesus knew is that his father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped that towel around his waist. And after he began to wash his disciples' feet, humbling himself, he set the example for them. He showed them, he showed them so they'd believe what he said. And that's the same way that we should lead. The one question that I have for you to reflect on today and through tomorrow is this. Do you serve with humility? It might even be, do you serve? And if you serve, is it a have to? Or is it with humility? Is it done out of the abundance of who God is and what Jesus has done for you? That leads us to Good Friday. Good Friday. I want to reference John 15, 11 through 17 to tie this new commandment that, that Jesus gives us on Thursday. And we're finishing up here. John 15, 11 through 17. I've spoken these things to you so that my joy may be made, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this than someone would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. You're my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you slaves, servants anymore because the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. As he walked with the cross, he sang, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I have nothing to gain. I have nothing to gain. You did not choose me, but I chose you. <laughs> I, appointed, I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that fruit should remain. It should stay. People will know that you're my disciples. That fruit should remain. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. The death of Jesus was horrific and sorrowful. But the life of Jesus was even more heroic. The books can't contain all that He did. The Friday before Easter is appropriately called Good Friday because it is only, it is only through Jesus' sacrifice that we are given life, that we're given eternal life. Romans 4.25 tells us, 
that Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So while it's tragic that God lost His only Son, He was crucified on this day. Good Friday deserves its name because now we're people who are capable of being saved with the right, with the right to be called children of God. And that's why we celebrate today. And that's why we celebrate this weekend. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.